Fulcha Rashkudi on Shomir Bjug, and Mihal is Anandum, August Thomas Jocks is Shomir Shul, then Makara Ben. Ben, come as a tattoo. Anwa Mihal is Ufen. Not. I nearly said not bad. So now that we've alienated like 90% of our listenership Yay. by speaking in a language that nobody else understands. And we're probably banned from YouTube. <laughs> they think it's Arabic or something. We're having mm. a plot. Um, <laughs> we're making a plot. Uh, yeah, no, Paddy's Day was, was, was good, Michael. Um, my head is awfully sore. It's, it's a strange thing. Because I'm such a loud man, I'm actually the worst possible person to wake up um, to with a hangover. Like, I hurt my own head. When I speak too loudly. Oh, your own it's, voice it's, 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 resonating it's, it's, inside your brain. <laughs> it hurts so much. Now you know what podcasting with you feels like. <laughs> I, have my, I have my headset set to minimum volume. <laughs> the gain is low um, as possible. Yeah, so it was good. It was good. It was good. Um, how about yourself? Did you get up to... Ben, you... Look, many a year I have worked to St. Patrick's Day. And St. Patrick's Day has become associated with work for me so this oh. year i completely ignored saint patrick's day at a boy at a boy it was bloody brilliant i stayed at home i had crumpets i stuck on a union jack t-shirt and i pretended i'd never even heard of ireland oh excellent that's amazing it was great. congratulations you know we, we we have a we have a strange relationship with our with our nationalism as you know michael um mm-hmm. yeah i'm not a huge fan of patrick's day myself i think it's a bit uh Bit shit. Bit shit. Oh God, ben. Our Irish listeners, Ben, stop alienating people. Sorry, lads. Sorry. Benjamin. Yes. Speaking of alienation. Ooh. Uh, Infinity War has aliens in it. It. Oh. <laughs> Seems That's not great, there, is it, Michael? <laughs> no, that wasn't a great segue. Did Did you see the trailer though? Anyway, moving I, on swiftly. I, I, I did, I did. That was so smooth, um, Michael. I really feel that, you know, as we've come along here, you've just really grown into yourself. You like you used to be a uh, wallflower. I really, I've nailed down the art of a podcast segue. Yeah, but now you're a podcasting demagogue. Like, it's amazing. Mm. The power you wield with words alone. Mm. Stuff to behold. I did see the trailer. Look at, me, I quite, I... look at me, look at me sitting here with my mug that says tea on it, but there's no tea in it. It's just water. Ah, oh, just, just first world rebellion right there. First World mm-hmm. Rebellion. There's there's a the ghost of several British Victorian gentlemen going and then also Monocles saying on the floor. and then saying oh we're in a colony that's strange um, oh, we aren't a colony by the way but British Victorian men didn't know that um, so um, yeah I saw the trailer it was very just interesting now, I mean, it was just a, now I. Yeah, you're taking away podcast magic again. We actually prepare for hours for this podcast. It's not ad hoc at all. <laughs> we and just watched it just now, Ben. Just before. No, we no, 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 no. We didn't. No, I watched it. I watched it the moment it dropped. I, I wait so that the people that listen to this podcast for informed, you know, analysis of pop culture from mm-hmm. from two two Irishmen, um, you know, one, they can trust what we're saying. We can trust what we're saying. I'm, I'm usually hungover to be fair it's not like i haven't been hungover on the podcast before <laughs> um no i quite like the trailer um i like the the key thing i like about it not that many spoilers yes once again we it doesn't give us much in the way of the plot structure yeah i like that though that's good that's a good thing because generally speaking we spoil an awful lot of movies these days um and I don't like that. Um, but it seems to be very similar uh, shots that we've seen before, just from different angles. Yeah, so, like, there's not a lot new in it, is there? Let's be honest. No, no. But like, you get a bit more, a little bit more Thanos, a little bit more of that Brolin-esque face coming through. Um, they've shaved a few inches off his chin, you know. It's, it's you know. <laughs> Did you have you been paying attention to the internet, Ben? Um, what's what's that, Michael? It's look. Don't play the fool with me. <laughs> They, Marvel have been accused of being marketing geniuses. They've made the entire internet 
deeply care about where Hawkeye is. Just yeah. by not mentioning him in any of the promotional material. He's not even on the poster. He's he's not. And then I oh I did see that. They released a like a publicity statement being like he's very important to the plot. Mm. Um I don't think he is. No, of course he isn't. I, I think it might be a thing of he arrows an infinity stone out of Thanos' hand in the climactic battle after having not seen him for the entire film. Yeah, he was just on his ranch with his family being like, nah, fuck it. Like, yeah, I don't care. To, to be fair, that man's a god. I, I'm not sure I'm much use here. And then his wife will have a heartfelt moment in a flannel shirt with him. And and she'll convince him to join the fray. And then Bob's your uncle. Oh, Soul Stone for the win. Interception. Maybe and Ben? Yes. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I think uh, there was something wrong with my mic there. Ben, I was recording on the wrong mic. Again? No, now I have fixed it. <laughs> I was recording on the wrong mic like you last week. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, that's nice. That's nice. Save your own ass by yeah, we're all, having we, a go we're, at we're, mine. We are even Steven now. Even Stevens. Uh, two what failures. What were saying? Something about Infinity War? Doesn't um, matter. Look, it doesn't matter, yeah. Ben. Poor old Hawkeye. Um, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be fine. He's been replaced by Stephen Strange. That's about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, it looks very, you know, it's a nice. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Tony Stark interact with with Gamora. Try and sleep with her. He can't really yeah, though because they've made him into a a faithful Pepper Pottsy kind of guy, didn't he? Yeah, and when Pepper Potts gets killed, we need him to really feel it. Yeah, does she not still have superpowers from Iron Man Three? Is she? I not, don't think so. She not still rocking the extremists. She would have blown up, wouldn't she? I think he. Oh, fixed her. that's it. Yeah, they burn out. After a while, that's what it is. They burn out. After anyway, Ben, let's move on. Did you see sci-fi sensation Netflix science fiction science fiction science fiction? You know what I'm science, saying? Science Annihilation. fiction. Annihilation, Michael. Yes, yes I did. Man. I did yes. see it. I saw it. I've you seen a, a I've seen a movie. Welcome to our popular segment. Ben seen a film. <laughs> oh my god! Did it's you so exciting film, when everyone's talking about it, and I understand. Um, it's it's amazing. Um, it's yeah, I saw the film. Um, I enjoyed it. It's fucking tough slog, though. It's it's not you an easy movie. Really? Not 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 in that regard. As in, it's quite unnerving as a film. Like I was I really. Mean, it's a, yeah, it's a science fiction horror. Yeah, for sure. oh no, it's 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 a little bit of cosmic horror. I I get why you're a huge fan of it now. It has all it has all the 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 Michael former biologist turned comic book nerd tropes recovered that biologist that you like to recover biologist. Um, but yet, like a genuinely unnerving film that was brilliantly acted put together mm-hmm. and shot in like a really creative way i i thought that all the the cgi get fucking annoying but it doesn't it's um yeah and some some great little uh editing tricks and script tricks yeah as well. like i i keep coming back to the the crocodile scene right um where she where they open the jaw and film the entire scene from inside the crocodile yeah um i really or liked that like was, i i thoroughly enjoyed how they lost a couple of days at the beginning when mm. they first enter the woods. And what what particularly struck me about that scene was that's such a normal thing to see in that type of film. You see them entering the spooky situation and then the next time you catch up them, they're at the campsite. So you just think, oh, that's just a normal editing trick. We just haven't seen them set up their camp. Yeah. But then they don't remember doing it either. So that's no, actually... There's the some edit, really nice... what we thought is the the edit is actually how they're seeing it as well. Which yeah, it's really we experience it with them. Like it's it's really something. It's like I was I was quite like it it didn't didn't affect me. That's a very strong way of saying it. But it stuck with me. Like it's it's fairly strong. Um, that I bear think, as well. He's a real asshole. That bear is fucking creepy ah! as shit, man. Yeah, but oh, like. Yeah. So before we go any further, we should say massive spoilers we for annihilation okay. from now on. Well, I, I mean, hilation. Um, because we have to, like, we have to do spoilers because it's just really interesting. But like, yeah. there's some really, I, I think, you know, it's Alex Garland first of all, the same guy that did Ex Machina. So you're gonna, you're gonna see some. It's got that British refinement to it, you know. So it's, it's, it's very subtle in some of the ways that it does things. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's a fascinating concept. I don't know how much of it is like 
biology accurate like i don't oh none of it ben okay none of ex- it. excellent well i mean they they do throw in real biology words that's good but the idea of that was that was actually one of the things i didn't like about it was i'm perfectly fine with that shimmer being a kind of refraction of light and time i'll take all of that but when they said it reflect it reflects it refracts light it refracts time it refracts DNA, like shut up, that you doesn't can't. mean anything. <laughs> like, that's just bullshit. That doesn't. How can you refract a molecule? Ah, oh, oh, I've lost the ability to speak English. It's so annoying. Um, I, I think it would that the the reason they were mutating, I think, would have been best left unexplained rather than refracting DNA mm. being thrown in. But I mean, aside from that, the way things were mutating was all coherent not yeah. necessarily logical but coherent but you could you, you could there's some kind of grounding to it yeah as you go like, along yeah I, I like the thing about why the plants were taking on the human shape that was good yeah um and i liked the i liked the fact that well like when she said could it be a crossbreed between a shark and a and a and a crocodile and the, the biologist went don't be so stupid basically yeah it was just but like then, you can't crossbreed different species yeah yeah but then was more than happy to accept refracting dna later on although maybe she wasn't well maybe the, she wasn't happy to accept it cute british tessa thompson character said it, and she's a genius ben did you find that tessa thompson and natalie portman might have been better suited in opposite roles oh that's a good yeah, that could have worked really well. One of my main issues with it is I don't buy Natalie Portman as a badass. I, I don't buy Natalie Portman in general. I don't. Uh, I find that she's often quite stiff. She's quite stiff mm-hmm. in this, but yeah. it, it suits the character in this. So she, she's getting away with it by, you know, but she's quite a stiff actress. Well, I think Tessa Thompson has a mountain of range. Like if, if you even take Tessa Thompson's... So the, two, the last thing I saw Tessa Thompson in was um, Thor Ragnarok. Yes, I um, remember. And putting those two characters in comparison, they're completely different people. Like it's really fa- different. It's almost like she's acting as different people in almost. In a sense. And yes, that's a very that's a very quick remark there, Michael. Thank you for cutting the legs out from under me. Appreciate it. But <laughs> if you do that with Natalie Portman characters, it's just Natalie Portman being Natalie Portman as a biologist. Natalie Portman so what you're as saying a ballerina. She's the, she's the Ben Affleck of female actors. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Battley Portman. Um, yeah, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's an interesting thing. I never even considered it from that point of view. I found like there are some jarring aspects of it that are just pointless. I think the psychologist character mm-hmm. is is very poorly suited to the to the role that she's in because I think she's just a bit silly. Um, the 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 actress you mean, or the character? The the character, the weird, disengaged kind of you know, cares doesn't care. Um, I found out that it's it's part of a a, a trilogy of books. Yes, um, it's three books. Yeah, called called the Southern Cross trilogy. Yes. Um, and it's it's very much like hard sci-fi. So well, refracting DNA. Not that, not that hard. Huh? Look, it's pretty hard. It's pretty hard sci-fi. I mean, it's not Star Wars. There's no space wizards or anything like that. It, it's hmm. it's reasonably hard space sci-fi. Wizards. <laughs> That's what um, I, are, ben. I quite um, quite like that. Um, no, I think. Funnily enough, after watching it, I thought it was actually better that it went straight to Netflix. Um, go on. And the reason I say that is that does not have mass audience appeal. Ben, people said that about Arrival, with, yeah. by Denis Villeneuve. They're so similar as they films. They are. They're so similar as films. Um, yes. I mean, you could you you could buy them in a cheap DVD two box set pack. That'd be pretty good though. Like that's a yeah, decent, be a good box set. Like that's a decent filmmaking. You know how to make a film well box set like that. Yeah, they, I mean they 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 would both work. Um, like like uh, Arrival. And the book it's based on. It's not that closely based on the book that it's based on. 
I suppose you'd have to move away from it eventually, wouldn't you? You, you, you like the books are always hard sci-fi is hard to adapt, no? Are you well, uh, Yeah, well yeah, well yeah. I can't think of a good adaptation of hard sci-fi. I mean, Arrival. Arrival is a great well, it's a very good film. It's not my favorite adaptation though. It, it I still think the novella is better. I haven't I haven't it, seen the no, it, I haven't read the novella. You haven't read the it's called um the story of you? Is that what it's called? Oh, okay. No. Interesting. Welcome is to that... your life. Something like that. I can't remember the name. Yeah. But it's very good. Okay, I'll check that out. Um, no, I, I think, you know, I really like some of the subtle things they did in that film. I think Alec, Alex, Alex, Alec Garland is, is really good at what he does. Um, like, I don't know if you noticed at the end of the film when she's being interviewed, you see the tattoo from the other woman is now on her. Yes, arm. Yeah. very good. Yeah, it's a real nice. Um, but I also think it was, uh, you know, I love a trope. <clears throat> as we've established on the show. But I think the whole... You also love a genre hybrid, Ben. I do. Oh, God. Oh, God. Give me a good, decent that's what genre hybrid. Tinder profile says. That's that's what it says. It's just a picture of um, Logan and other films. Boiled, boiled science fiction robot. Yeah. It's real nice. Um, and then... Um, I don't get many matches on it, though, to be fair. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. Um, I really like the self-destruction arc that goes through it and how it slowly just kind of... Like, the film is, is nothing earth-shattering in terms of story. Story of your life. Thank you. By Ted um, Chang. Ted Chang. But what it boils down to in, in Annihilation, Annihilation um, is that, um, you know, it's just her dealing with the guilt of, of cheating on her fella. Yeah. Cheating on her fella. And the whole story reflects that. But, like, everybody has a little bit of damage. Like, I don't... It's, it's a very nihilistic... Not not necessarily nihilistic, but it's quite bleak in how mm. it looks at at humanity. Um, but yeah, I think interestingly enough, I think in the last two years we've seen two really like Annihilation and Arrival are two really different types of sci-fi. Um, and what I also like about them is they're female-driven without going on about them being female-driven. Well, we got um, one line in Annihilation: mm. "All women, all scientists." Oh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, you have to have your little, you know. You have to have a little one. Your little, little woo, little, little look one. at that glass um, ceiling shatter. Woo. Wait, Ben, wait until we get to the bloody bees. The the, the bees? Yeah, because we've had Annihilation and an Arrival. Wait until we get to... Oh, yeah. Brouhaha and Berserkers. Brouhaha is an upcoming science fiction film from Michael and Benjamin Studios. Um, please don't hold it to the standard of Arrival or Annihilation. No. <laughs> that will not go well for either of us. It's good um, though, isn't it, Ben? Um, yeah. The the story behind it is weird. We could do a whole podcast someday on the story of it when more of it comes out. But the story, the story of why it ended up on Netflix is just bizarre. Yeah. About um, studio interference and being too... Um, intellectual and all this shite. It'll make an interesting flashback episode someday. He seems to have defended his vision quite well. Um, yeah, it's you a good know, film for for obviously like he's being punished by being sent to Netflix. Um, but genuinely, don't think that would work anywhere but Netflix. Oh yeah, you were actually going on about that in my intro. I don't. I don't see audiences like that. Is not a mass appeal science fiction thing first of all yeah but as we said uh, neither was a rival and yet yeah true big hit true but it like don't think i've been so uncomfortable in certain scenes in a long time like that bear yoke no it was horrible wasn't it was disgusting and then he's awful you know but like even like the really subtle deaths are kind of twisted like the where she like it's body horror in a really uncomfortable way sometimes oh when they cut the guy's abdomen open yeah and it's crawling like uh, that was really uncomfortable for me to watch and then the i think uh oscar isaac's whole death scene is is really uncomfortable as well how did where he's talking to someone holding the camera and you start to realize you know it's him yeah It's, it's oh man like some of the imagery was just like really like even um, Tessa Thompson's character even her death is quite unnerving in its she just kind of saunters off but she has but like the the way they show it growing out of her skin and stuff like it's quite uncomfortable mm. to watch and then what your man became Mr. you know twisting intestines 
He kind of spreads out big, into that the, the fungus big thing on the wall. Thing. Yeah, it was very. Yeah. Look, it's a good film, Ben. It's a good film. I think it's going to go down as a classic. It's a good. Fi- I might have to watch more films on time. It's a good film. People should. Uh, people should watch it. Benjamin. Yeah. Speaking of being punished by being forced to watch Netflix. Did you make your way through Jessica Jones? Uh, I think we both know the answer, Michael. I, I've I've done all I'm going to do for a week. Uh, no, <laughs> excellent. I didn't. I, I didn't. Uh, look, Ben, I finished it. Uh, I'm going to spoil it a little bit for you. Yeah, um, classic uh, Marvel Netflix mid-season twist. Oh fuck! Do you want to hear? Villain, villain, not the villain. Yeah, kind the of. villain is the villain, but also not the villain. It's her mother. Oh, for fuck's sake! I know, no, it was all right, actually. Who, um, who in the Marvel Studios world, or not Marvel Studios, who in the Netflix Marvel merger has such an issue with parents? Who has such strong trust issues with parents? There's loads. I think most Hollywood people. Yeah, what the fuck? I think that's how you end up in Hollywood, Ben. But who keeps greenlighting it being like, oh, Tom's chatting about his parents again. Like he's, he's putting it into his work again. Can we not just fucking have a different... Like, because Trish's mum is a, is a right old wagon. Um, she is. Sure, poor old Danny has a couple of of serious issues there. Um, yeah, the 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 villain in in Iron Fist, the one of the, the two children of the rich the dickheads. Siblings. There, there we go. Thank you. Um, that dad's a real bad egg. Um, yeah, you've got your Luke Cage Baptist ministers. You know, like there's a lot of dead parents and and fucking. Dickhead parents. I think you're talking about super heroics more yeah, so than that's, look that's, at bloody Tony Stark. Yeah, that's that's bloody He's fair. Got the parents, Spider Person, Bat Batman, Bat Person. It's Person now, Ben. Everything's Person. Bat Person. They've won. Okay, the social they've... justice warriors have won. S J Dubs. Um, social. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, but you know, I haven't seen. It. Anyway, go on. Get get some spoilers going. Let's let's. No, that was really it. That was all I wanted to talk about. The oh. funny, the the kind of fun twist of the spoiler was that. If I had watched Jessica Jones this time at my normal pace, uh-huh. I would have found that out on Mother's Day. Ah, oh. yeah, oh, well, I was a bit missed, slower this time. Missed marketing opportunity. That's fair enough. I know, but it, it, look, it's all right. It's uh, it, you really miss Tennant. He's in one episode, and the episode that he's in is probably the best episode of it. Well, just put Tennant in anything really, and and you've got yourself a decent episode or something. Tennant, um, the larger. You could stick it in a cla- in a shandy. That's 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 how I brighten up my Monday mornings. Um, <laughs> yeah, put a tenants in me, and away here we go. Um, so yeah, I'm totally up for that. Um, Benjamin, yes. let's move on, shall we? Mm-hmm, if you say so. Okay, I do actually. We're, mm. I'm looking at the time. Ben. Yes. It was St Patrick's Day this weekend. It it was the national day of ta 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 Oh, bit of haughty dorty. Oh, bit of haughty dorty. Oh, bit of Top of the morning. National um, pre-regret day. Yeah, go on. And in, in honour of uh, St. Patrick's Day, I decided to have a look back at a Marvel Comics and see what sort of Irish characters they had then. You looked at now, some Marvel famously, Comics? Yes, I was looking at Marvel Comics. Have you ever heard of them? I, um, I, the kids read them a lot these days, but I don't know. <laughs> the kids these days. Benjamin... You've yeah. heard of uh, Banshee, obviously. I have. have. And Siren. Good old Sean Cassidy and his daughter Teresa. And Teresa and Black Sean. Tom. Ah, Tom. The old, the old awkward cousin that no one wants to sit next to at the communion. Yeah, go on. Exactly. Go on. Now, Ben, have you heard of this Irish character? Her name is Molly Fitzgerald. Is this Shamrock? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Who allowed that to happen? Who went? Oh, it's, it's one of the best things that's ever happened. This Go character. On. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, so Michael, um, Michael, yes, what, what, what even is Molly Fitzgerald? Molly Fitzgerald was basically, Ben, a character that Marvel invented when they needed, like, they needed 50 new characters and they needed them quick. And they needed them to be from exotic places like Europe or the Middle East. So every character, every character was basically... Um, a country's flag or national emblem pen, painted on the... Fr- oh, I really can't talk today. Yeah. It was a What's... country's flag or national emblem printed on the front of a of some sort of spandex. So we got Shamrock, who was a, a red-haired Colleen. Oh, fuck. Uh, called Molly Fitzgerald in a green spandex outfit. Yeah. A green on green, even. Two greens. Oh. Uh, with oh, a Shamrock printed on her chest. Ben, do you know what Shamrock's um, power is? Uh, is she really lucky? 
Yes, she has the look <laughs> of the Irish. Uh, even better, Ben. Her father was an IRA sympathizer. Oh, for fuck's sake. And he he brought her to the mountains of Morn to pray to the old gods to get uh, superpowers. Lads. But instead, she got possessed because her father was in the IRA. She got possessed by the victims, by the... <laughs> She got possessed by the souls of thousands of victims of innocent victims of war. And those souls are always with her. And every time something bad is about to happen to her, one of them can sacrifice themselves to to change something. Jesus. Giving Christ. her the appearance of the look of the Irish. The look of the Irish is sacrificing <laughs> thousands of victims. What the fuck? Oh. It's bloody, look, it's mad. It's the classic, it's the gamut of classic Irish stereotypes in one character. That's Red-haired, Colleen, IRA, blood of the innocent. They can never get past the Ra. They're all, they're all mad about the Ra. Well, I mean, look, the Ra has good publicists. And fuck. In, in America, everyone knew the Ra. <laughs> oh, fuck. Everyone over there knows the Ra, Ben. Say what you want about the Ra, but they're awful good at advertising. Yeah. <laughs> fuck so, Ben, the, the interesting thing about Shamrock is that you can't actually spell her name without almost all of the letters in the word sham. No, all of them. Yeah, all of the letters. All of the letters in the word it's sham. Bloody, what's it's what's a, a sham? sham. What, what even is a sham, Michael? Because that's, that's quite a, a niche piece of vocabulary there. Is it? No, I don't think it'll carry to that America. Well, look, a sham is a bad thing. To us, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mockery. Ben. It's a mockery. It's a, it's a disgrace. It's a mockery. Something pretend to be. To, to, so my jaw, <laughs> my my jaw is broken as well today. It's something pretending oh. to be something it isn't. Ben, um, we sound like two people who have never done a podcast. <laughs> we do, don't we? Two um, bumbling idiots. Two bumbling, but we are two bumbling idiots that do a podcast. So, um, yes. In honor of St. Patrick's Day and Shams and Shamrock. And Shams, loving our we, Shams. We, we've decided to take a look at I. Ben, we're going to have to remind people of last year. Yeah. When we so, started our famous series. A long, long time ago. Two, no, two. It was like, it was about 10 months. A long, long podcasting time ago when you've only had about eight months of podcasting under your belt. <laughs> um, we, we, we ran out of stuff to do really quickly. Um, <laughs> and we literally looked around the room and went, what can we do? It's like, well, I'm Irish, you're Irish. Let's, let's talk about Irish. Let's, let's talk about Irish. And then Michael was like, Irish in what? And then we were like, Irish in, in stuff that we like. Um, and really... That that rambling conversation has set the precedent for so much of what we do here. Um, yes, it every has, Sunday, really. um, we just ramble and usually talk about things that are Irish. Um, but anyway, we're going to do round three of Irishman's Suspos. Um, Irishman's Suspos, where we took a look at uh, Irish representation in comics and pop culture. Hooray! Um, that's what we do. That's what we do here at the podcast. Um, and that was our first one there. Sham Shamrock. Yeah. Sham. Say Shamrock without rock. most of the letters of Sham. Sham Rock. Um but yeah, it's real good. Yeah, I I don't know. I think we've covered this before. Um I had to do a little bit of more I was trying to do a little bit more research, you know, taking a look at, at who we've got. My god, the amount of people that go on about, you know, how Steve Rogers is actually Irish and how, you know, blah 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 blah. I bloody hate that. Um, is Steve Rogers Irish, Ben? His his mother is an Irish his parents are Irish immigrants. Both of them. Yeah, both of them are. Oh, good lad. Are uh, they're the Rogers from? Sure, look, he has more acclaim to play international soccer for us than Tony Cascarino. Does Tony Cascarino? He played for us, didn't he? This is, he played for us, but has no a, Irish heritage uh, whatsoever. Pure sneaky. Sure, we had a manager that couldn't speak English for what five five yeah. years. Yeah, he was Italian. He didn't even he bother to learn. People. He was earning like a million a year and didn't even bother to learn English with that million. Yeah, that was good yeah, of him. Well, Who's, that's none of your business what he does, Ben. You leave him alone. Let him live his best life. That's, oh, don't, don't, don't you start slinging that crap around. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, poor show, poor show. Um, yeah, but, I mean, there's lots of examples of that. I think this time around, I think I'm going to let you focus on all the characters and I'm going to take a look at, at how we actually show Ireland and Irish people in pop culture. Oh. Um, because, um, I, quite frankly, I found it quite difficult to find things that were 
Okay, look, I've got loads of characters, Ben. Let's start with uh, probably the most prominent one. Yeah, go on. Ben, do you know what is uh, 2000 AD? 2000 AD? I do. I do know what 2000 AD is. Tell me what you know about it. Uh, It is a British comic book company. No, Ben, the year 2000 AD. Oh, um, not much has changed, but we live under water. Oh, no, that's the wrong thing. Sorry, never mind. That's, that's 3080. <laughs> never mind. Um, it's it's a big old it's a big old dystopian no, ben, future. No, I mean I meant the comic. Yeah, it's a it's a big old British publishing company that did um, <laughs> that did independent stories um, outside the regular canon of superheroics. It's actually how a lot of the great comic book artists these days. Um, like Grant Morrison, your Garth Ennis's, it's how they get, became interested. Because we didn't really, over this side of the pond, not that America. That America? We didn't actually get all them them American fellas in the spandex and the bright colours and whatnot. So No, we did. I mean, Europe does have a, a strong history of comics, but not superhero But not superhero comics. comics. We didn't have any of that. Like, and, uh, and, then, and then, you know, like, because we're so impoverished, we, we made our comics in black and white. So if you read 2000 AD, it's usually black and white stories and that kind of thing. But like a lot of big characters have come from 2000 AD. Um, I believe that 2000 AD was traditionally printed by carving the characters into potatoes and, s- and then <laughs> dipping them into soot. That they and mixed with a little bit of river water. If they could spare it. Um, some of the characters, Ben. <laughs> um, so Judge Dredd is probably the most famous he's one. He's pretty famous, yeah. He's um, in some of the films. Halo Jones, another kind of famous one of that ilk. Um, the whole Dread, Judge Dread Canon, Judge Death, that kind of thing. Um, ben, is Death's Head from Death's No, Head? Death Head is Marvel UK. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. Um, the one you've forgotten, Ben, is Slain. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Have I, you forgotten Slain? M- Mr. Muscles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, would you, would you? Have you ever read Slain? No, I remember being distinctly put off by it. Um, well, Ben, that's an interesting point because I, when I was a kid, I, I actually uh, before I got into American superheroic comics oh, in I. my early teens, I had read more British comics. Hmm. I had I I wouldn't have called myself a huge comic fan or anything, but I certainly had like a few copies of different 2000 AD things lying around the house. Yeah, some Sonic the comics. The British one, not the American one. Fair enough. Things like that knocking about the house. In particular, Ben, when I got my appendix out when I was 10 years old, people gave me comics. That was good. Anyway, um, and Slain was one of the stories in those comics, and I never liked Slain either. Um, And I think I didn't like it because of the grossness of it. Yeah, it's very shocking and and, and horror. Um, Not shock and horror necessarily, but it's, it's gross out comic book writing with ultra violence and, and things like that would you like to tell the people what it is michael let's spell it so a, ben, a big okay old... let me tell you so yeah. slain is was great in the early 80s, 80s by a gentleman called pat mills how are you pat you might be familiar with pat mills because he was very popular in the in the 2000 ad kind of sphere verse he, he yeah he created a lot of the characters abc warriors have you ever heard of them ben no uh, I don't know if he did Rogue. Uh, no, that's pretty. That's pretty much all you know. Anyway, he he created Slain with his wife, and Slain He's, he did it with his is, wife. Yeah, that's a strange thing to do. Well, his you. wife was the artist for the first issue. I know, but Jesus, like it's she is a noted. Her, her name is Angela Kincaid, I think her divorced name, or her maiden name, maybe. She was a popular children's book illustrator at the time. Well, that didn't fucking shine And he convinced through, her it? to do this. Fucking um, hell. Slain, Slain, basically, Ben, is imagine an Irish Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, it, it falls in that kind of Frank Frazetta-style yeah. tradition, doesn't now, it? it? it in the early issues, if you go back to the 80s, there's, uh, all of these have been collected, by the way, which you can and you can still read them now. Um, the, there wasn't that much of a Frank Frazetta feeling to it. It was much more of a European comics feel to it. Okay. Um, there's an artist called Mike McMahon, okay. or Michael McMahon, or uh, Michal McMahon. He had this very sketchy, lined, kind of rushed line Stuff. artwork to it yeah. that looks nothing like Frank Frazetta. But, oh, okay. you know, it's still the same kind of thing. It's barbarians in waistcloths fighting busty women, making love with busty women. 
then the horrible thing tries to eat them. Um, what's what's interesting about Slain though for us is it's very 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 Irish. It's yeah. It's not actually the early stories aren't actually set in Ireland. They're set in Tiernanog. Oh, Tiernanog, the classic mythological scape, alternate dimension where nobody grows old. Exactly, but in this Tiernanog, it nobody grows old. It's called Tiernanog because nobody grows old because everybody dies young. That's pretty good, actually. Kinda. Which I actually kind of like. That's kind of funny. Is, Tiernanog is basically in these stories. It's Ireland, Britain, and Northern Europe back okay. when it was all one landmass. Okay. So before the North Sea level went up, um, and Slain, basically Ben, basically is Irish mythological figure Cuchulain. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's who he's supposed to be. It's not that he's supposed. I mean. Slain is as much, and we've talked about. I mean, Ben, this is one of your favorite things: is the crossover between mythology and comic books. That that sounds like uh, a genre hybrid to me. I know, Ben. Mm. Slain is as close to Cucullin as probably comic book Loki is to mythology Loki. A bit flexible, then. It's very flexible. I mean, mm. Slain isn't even. Well, in 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 modern in modern days, he became the first High King of Ireland. But yeah. in the original stories in the eighties, he wasn't even explicitly Irish. He was a Celtic mm. warrior. There we go. Um, not necessarily Irish. Classic. But he he he's the member of a tribe, Ben. Yeah, oh, we love a tribe, tribe of good Earth worshippers. Oh, that's good. Uh, good in terms of like alignment. As opposed to not evil, but I mean, he'll kill you. He'll kill you as soon as he look at you. But for for good, for the good of the land, or because he thinks you're a bad egg, or because you insulted him, or all oh, right. But I mean, he basically he doesn't have world-ending evil plans. That's good. Hmm? But he, oh, he's a murderous hell bastard. Um, <laughs> and the thing that he has been, you might have to correct my pronunciation on this because, as we demonstrated earlier, you do speak Irish better than I do. Uh, he has the the rear strad. Oh, I don't know what you're yeah. trying to say. Can you spell it for me? Give gives now spelling. Bloody hell! R i a r s r a d. I think. Shrad, rear strad, rear strad, something like that. Rear strad. Uh, what, what, what is on, it? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll actually, I'll, I'll just uh, have the comic here. Um, r r i fada a s. Yeah, rish. T r a d. Or Restrad. Restrad. Yeah, Restrad. Anyway, it's a battle frenzy which Cucullin had and lots of kind of ancient Irish. Basically, he, he can hulk out. He can hulk. And what? when he hulks out, he becomes this massive, freaky looking monster thing and his eyeballs pop out on stalks and black stuff spouts out of the top of his head. Oh. And and he, he can do a lot. It's quite super heroic. In, in, in but its, it does, yeah. In its way, but it does come directly from Irish myth. Yeah, the, the battle frenzy is a thing in our in our thing. That's very interesting, Michael. I never really got into it. It's it's very it's very hard for me to stomach. I'm a sensitive soul. I would say, Benjamin. I would say this both this to both you and to the listeners that it's actually worth a look. Okay. All right. Um, especially if there if there are some American listeners listening, though, Ben. Over there in that America. In America. It'll be hard for them to get used to how episodic European comics are. They are very episodic. Because these these are weekly comics. They're not monthly mm. comics like the Americans have. And a, a, a weekly comic is usually maybe four or five pages. Yeah, no, they wouldn't be that big. Like. So probably his most famous story is called Sky Chariots. <laughs> it's a terrible and I think, name. No, it's pretty good. Ben, <laughs> shut up, Ben. It's actually good. It's a terrible I really name. like it. <laughs> um, he he, it's really good. He he's escorting a an evil druid, um, to the north to give the secrets to the good druids or some shit like that. And oh, yeah. they're on a flying boat, a flying boat very like the flying boats from Thor, actually. Oh, and then okay. they're attacked by sky pirates, and the sky pirates are Norsemen. They're they're Vikings essentially, and it's all about the battle. But it's about nine or ten issues. Okay. But that's only still maybe 50-odd pages. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's about three 
issues of an American American comic. comics. Yeah. Okay. Sky Charts. Well, look, Ben Slane is Slane is pretty good. Well, I mean, it's 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 still running, Ben. It's still going. It's, yeah, yeah. It's still going from 1983 to now. So it, it there's good and bad, obviously. And Pat Mills is still writing it. Oh wow. Okay, so he stuck it out. He's he's dedicated yeah. to that project. That's interesting. No, it's interesting that you brought up. Um, a little bit, little bit of mythology, because one of the ones that I have down is um, to do with that. Image Comics, Michael. I've heard of them. Yes, they're they're quite they're doing quite well. Um, they are kind of like your independent alternative to Marvel and DC. If you're not going to do the big, come on two, now, they're not that independent. Um, no, to be fair, but if you don't want to do massive superheroics and you want something with a bit more out there kind of flair. You go to your image, you, you, you pick up your sagas or your, your, your Walking Dead zombie stuff and you, you give it an old read. Um, but they have a bit of a hard-on for Irish mythology quite a bit at the time. Um, and they've three, um, they have three kind of lines that deal heavily with, with Irish culture. Um, one, of the, one of the big ones is The Wicked and the Divine by Kieran Gillen. Um, and I can't remember the name of the other guy, but The Wicked and Divine is... Um, Ben, I read that. Yeah. And then I stopped reading it. Why did I stop reading that? Um, it's very soap opera-y. Um, is that what it is? It's, it's not always, but it, it also doesn't hold your attention for very long. It, it seems to struggle with pacing. It's good. It's interesting. Basically, in the world of the wicked and divine, um, gods are cyclical. Um, and what that means is um, each generation... Um, the gods pass on their form to a new generation of people. Um, mm-hmm. And those people are chosen from the young people in the thing. And they, they inherit the powers of a certain god or mythological figure. So, for example, you have your this era's gener- uh, version of Lucifer. You have this era's uh, version of Bastet, the Egyptian goddess and stuff like that. Is Lucifer a sexy lady? Uh, Lucifer is a sexy lady. Very David Bowie-esque. A sexy, uh, a Tilda Swinton a sexy Swinton, lady. A Swinton, a Swinton, a Swinton sexy lady. Yeah, um, and they do all that, and then um, basically they become icons in each era. Um, and for whatever reason, this this time they're usually musicians. They usually become musicians. Yeah. I feel like Kieran Gillan might be a little bit out of touch with with how mass wide affecting musicians can be but it's fine um so you know you have your so under- you're saying that if you were to write this series they would be youtubers yeah i think that would make more sense they would be logan paul in I, a forest unfortunately yes um i think that would probably be the way you do it now but look that's far be it for me it was his creative decision none of my business anyway usually they're singers i think they all are um and it's kind of interesting, your kind of really popular gods are like the pop musicians, your death gods are kind of like the punk and metal singers and stuff like that, so they kind of, you know, match here and there. Um, but one of the main characters in it, one of the most powerful gods in it, is the Morrigan. Oh. Um, and the Morrigan is, I suppose, since we were speaking about Cullen, she is the Irish version of of death, I suppose, the death goddess. Um, in Irish mythology and she's kind of interesting because there's three forms to her um, as there often are babe. yeah and depending on which iteration you read it's either three sisters or sometimes it's three incarnations of the same woman and you know there's lots of different things but anyway she's strongly associated with crows and carrion birds um, mm-hmm. and she's in this and it's very very interesting because she's not Irish in this um, they don't match their nationalities all the time and Kieran Gillen came under a lot of fire from the SJ dubs um, because he was appropriating culture and giving the wrong oh. giving the wrong ethnicity the wrong mythology because you can't have a black man who's an Irish god and you can't have a you can't have an English woman be the, the Irish goddess of death because that's not their culture and blah 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 you also can't reincarnate gods into human bodies every couple of centuries and turn them into pop stars but nobody seemed to I'd give like out to about that i prove that Ben explain Bieber <laughs> for those of you who didn't know Michael is actually the most steadfast Justin Bieber fan you have ever met I've seen him start baby, fights in pubs baby, baby, oh. I always remember that one poor man who said he didn't like Baby as a song he felt that you know his later bloody work was great better song. yeah bloody great and song now, I, now he suffers in hell yeah because Michael put him there um, yeah. Yeah. but only as a sacrifice to my lord Bieber <laughs> <laughs> so 
for most of Ireland, the Morrigan is the goddess of death. For Michael, it's Bieber. But, um, you know, whatever way you want to cut it. Um, so it's really interesting. But she pops up again and again because Americans love anything that says goddess of death or god mm-hmm. of death is real cool. Um, so it's real edgy. Um, and it pops up again in another one called The Hunt. Um, that's another one that um, Image put out in 2016. Um, and it was a retelling of Irish mythology. Because we... Oh, I like a retelling of yeah, mythology bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've, we've talked about this before, how Norse mythology gets retold all the time and, you know, how, how Irish mythology hasn't really been adapted in the same way, um, which is kind of interesting. But anyway... Although slain. Yeah, slain, but to the same... I don't know appeal. I, I don't know if if you can say that because so basically what you're saying is you don't like slain. <laughs> Fundamentally, yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I suppose I am. Um, but anyway, I just think that's interesting because they often take that god because it's the god of death and it's very cool. Um, but her representation is is you know they play fast and loose with what she actually does. Um, the actual goddess of death in in our mythology rarely gets involved in human affairs. She kind of just watches over the battlefield and waits to pick well, people off the kind of interesting thing ben about irish mythology and pre pre-christian irish mythology is compared to a lot of mythologies there's a lot of guessing yeah because we don't it's it's more of a, an oral the, tradition. the old lads back then they didn't do a lot of writing Nah, it's unfortunate so i mean our knowledge of pre-christian celtic myth is nowhere near as as robust as Roman, Greek, Egyptian, Norse, even. Although the yeah, Norse, Norse is a lot of it tricky may as have, well. A lot of it may well have been made up by the Icelanders in the the last couple of hundred years. The Snorris, the Snorris yeah. Smutsons, and, and the like. But um, anyway, let's not get too. Um, let's not yeah, get too anyway, philosophical. Um, and the other one that I wanted to take a look at from Image is in no. G- hold on, oh, actually, sorry, sorry, I had something sorry, to say. Sorry, sorry. I, there, I can add a couple of Morrigans there for you, Ben. Yeah, go on. Um, did you ever watch the TV show Lost Girl? I didn't. In Lost Girl was about a succubus ah. who discovered that she was part of the world of the Fae. Oh God. And you know, it was the typical bloody God. American. It was an American Canadian co-production. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great either. Um, it's where um, our your 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 friend and mine. What the hell is her name again? The one we used to cast and everything. Not uh, not not uh, Christina Milian. The other one. Christ- the Christ- one who looks like our 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 friend. Oh wait, hang on. Oh, What's her name. Um. The Russian young one. The Russian one, Ksenia Solo. There we go. Uh, it's what she kind of came to fame in. But anyway, there's a lot of Irish mythology in that. And the Morrigan is the... When we first meet it, we think it's a woman. Well, it is a woman. And we think that's her name. But it turns out the Morrigan is the kind of inherited title of the leader of the evil fae. Oh, nice. Or the, or the dark fae. There's also a Morrigan in Capcom video games. Have you ever heard of a Capcom, Ben? Yeah, she's the weird super japanese sexualized thing and she has an irish accent if i'm not mistaken she's actually she's supposed to be scottish oh. but she's voice voice acted by an irish actress so she because sounds if, irish because if you can't get a scot an irish will do progress 2018 yeah, well guys. i mean i mean it's one it the is same. all no. it was all one and the same um it yeah morgan ainsland she's a succubus as well but what she's is, the queen what? of the succubi oh okay what does she get up to any, any interest in any any Dark Stalkers, the video game series, is bizarre. It's weird. Um, she split her psyche in two. Ah, yeah. And that created a sister. Ah, yeah. Who's your really typical kind of Japanese sexy preteen waifu character. kind of thing. Ah, yeah. Look, stay away from it. Right. Um, <laughs> oh. But if, I don't know who does the voice of Morrigan. I wouldn't be surprised if the woman who voices Morrigan these days is uh, the voice of Tony Stark's Friday armor. Ah, sure, listen, boss. Sure, listen. Yeah, you know, um, the the bloody the power core is breaking down, boss. It's destabilizing, uh, boss. I don't want to. I don't want to. No, it's not a Kathleen Barr. Kathleen. Canadian. Oh, she's Canadian, but she does it with an Irish accent. She does an all right Irish accent. I thought she was Irish. Fool, fool, fool us once. Well done, you. Fool us twice. We're just not doing the research as usual. Um, so that's enough about Morrigans, Ben. But uh, yeah, no, I think... Um, by the way, I just want to come back to something you said there. If if listeners only ever take one thing away from this podcast, it is 
creepy Take Japanese away. pre preteen culture. Stay away from it. Like, <laughs> stay, stay away from sexy preteens. If you have to take something from the podcast, take that. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was that. And then the other, the other thing that I kind of wanted to look at today is we we talk a lot about characters that kind of represent that. But I'm always fascinated with how they actually show our lovely little island nation um, in comics. It's we're we're always very backwards. I find in a lot of the. Well, Ben, surely you've seen the episode of The Simpsons where they come to Ireland. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For a lot of people that I know, the last ever episode of The Simpsons that they watched. Because it's just so bloody insulting. Well, I mean, that's what The Simpsons does. I don't think they gave us a realistic portrayal of either Australia or Brazil, but... That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, no, I just think it's it's kind of interesting. We usually get... We, we, we all live in thatched cottages, Michael, Um and, and what listeners don't know is that you actually live in a in a a little boat. You do, you live down a little boat. I actually have to walk about when I'm in Dublin. I have to walk about six miles up the road. Um, yeah. And I carry my laptop in a wooden pail that I made myself. Um, but that's only on the days that my ma won't let me use the donkey to walk the laptop up. Um, and you keep an onion tied around your ankle to frighten off succubi. Yeah, it's to fend off the little people. You can't be having that like. They, they're always nagging us to be on the podcast. Little tossers. Uh, we won't be having it. But that, that is kind of, you know, a large part of the perception of um, Irishness in, in comic books. And I, I, like, there's one particular example that always kind of stuck with me. Do you, do you remember the, the Titan book or the Panini uh, collector's edition books for comics? Where they of course, yeah. include storylines. We talked about them before, yeah. haven't we? So that was how I kind of got into comics. Um I, that's how I got into Batman comics um, because they did a, a Batman monthly thing. So once a month they would give this out and it would have one current storyline for yeah. the week. It would have one classic storyline for the week and it would yeah. have one kind of kind of more less popular story for the week. So you'd have one from the main Batman line, you'd have one from the mm-hmm. 70s and you'd have one yeah. from the Bruce Wayne fugitive or you know the adventures of dick grayson kind of thing so like it was yeah. a real interesting way to get a good rounded one but still I, is ben yeah and those those are still good comics i mean they they've expanded those range massively now and i actually think were were i getting a, a young european into comics that's the route i would go rather than taking them to a oh, comic no, book shop absolutely i think it, it's nice first of all because it's extremely accessible you can get them everywhere and you don't have to yeah. wade in and deal with people that try to uh, upsell you things. Um, Leave it out, Ben. Which, no, Leave it I out. Won't Leave do comic it. book shops I alone. Won't do it. No, I won't do it. Dicks. Um, so anyway, <laughs> there goes the sponsorship. Um, anyway, um, there's always a famous one, and we've talked about this creative team before. Neil Adams, um, Denny O'Neill, um, did a famous Both run on... sound a little bit Irish. Yeah, um, probably because they have quite a strong Irish background. Um, Neil Adams actually never shuts up about his Irish background. He's very um, he's very patriotic for a country he's only been to once. Um, no, no, no. Like he says that. And oh, Ben, I think you left your handbag here. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, I'll put my lipstick away. Um, but there's one where Batman is really run down. He's been fighting crime in Gotham nonstop, right? And mm-hmm. in the most 70s fashion ever, Jim Gordon stops him and says, look, I bought you a ticket to Ireland. You need a vacation. Oh, to Laura Lara. <laughs> and so James Gordon, the police commissioner of Gotham City, sends Batman on a police paid for vacation yes. to Ireland. And that- I wish I lived in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> and naturally, Batman goes as Bruce Wayne. But this is the really interesting part. So he goes to Dublin and he gets off on what looks like any dock from a period piece set in the 1700s or 1800s. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And then he doesn't stay very long in Dublin. He goes down the countryside because he saves a little boy on the ferry over. There's a little fella and he's um, he's playing with a potato. I'm not even making this up. A wee up. lad playing... He's, he's printing some 2000 AD comics. <laughs> and he falls into the water and Batman doesn't now lap in, right? And it turns out that this... Like young, a salmon. Yeah. Like the salmon of knowledge. <laughs> and it turns out this young fella... This young fella, the wee lad, is yeah, actually, Bairn, oh no, that's Scotland, is actually guarded by the ghost of Hugh O'Neill. Um, 
So this starts this. Oh, song. you nearly made me swear. <laughs> this starts a whole saga. It turns out the little fella invites him back to his village because you know, Mister, you saved me, and that was great. And my family will want to meet you. And then anyway, oh, we go oh, back. This is Misha Batman. We go back. <laughs> Dublin. And we go back, and it turns out that his uncle Sean is there, and and Uncle Sean is very grateful to Mister Wayne for having saved his little fella. Um, and so. Anyway, it turns out there's an evil guy um, poisoning water in this village, and there's a whole patio, patio shady. It's ridiculous. But the most important thing that I found really difficult about that story is that it just didn't match for me. I read this when I was about thirteen. I'd say I was about thirteen, right? And I remember what reading. Year were you thirteen in Ben? Uh, I'm twenty six oh, now. Two thousand fifteen. Seven and take away thirteen. Seven and six is thirteen. Thirteen years, years ago, two thousand three. <laughs> yeah, we got it. Um, so yeah, two thousand and three. Um, and I remember reading this and going, "What the fuck." How is this set in Ireland? Like, it didn't make any sense to me as a person. And it was really backwards. Um, and that brings me to other comics as well and how it's represented. I think we're quite poorly represented in terms of how developed we are as a nation. Because, like, we always we always come up against the L stereotypes. Ben, you've obviously never been to Galway. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so there are some towns. <laughs> oh, no, hold on. Sorry, I quite like Galway. Let me do that again. Okay. Ben, you've obviously never been to Cork. Ooh, zing. Yeah, take that cork. You've obviously never been to Navin or Monaghan. Um, (laughs) Any of those, really. Um, And I think it comes up again and again. I remember, it, but even as we've moved on as a nation, you know, 90s and stuff like that, like 90s Dublin is nothing like what what Ireland has been romanticized as. Like you look at photos of Dublin in the 90s, it's bloody rough. Like it's not a... Hey. No, but it's a rough old town. Hey. Back in the 90s, back in the day. Hey, watch it, you. Watch it, you, pal. Mr. Mr. Carton off to Italy. Um, and I remember reading a Punisher comic a couple of years later. And the villain in the Punisher comic is a bizarre villain for this particular mini run. Um, he's Jamaican. Um, Jamaican me crazy. But he's a Jamaican immigrant to Dublin. He Jamaican grew, me crazy. He grew up in Dublin in the 90s. Um, That's unlikely, Ben. And exactly, um, and his unlikely, Ben, but not impossible. It, not impossible, but he speaks with an Irish accent. He's a big oh, international crime guy. And what's his the, name? The main I can't remember. I'll have to find it. I'll put it in the link down below. Um, but the main thing behind his psychosis is the fact that he grew up black in Dublin, and it was so traumatic. Oh. That he became a psychotic killer. Oh. And I remember reading this going, what? Like. Like like Phil Linnett. Yeah. And like there's a whole scene where there's a, an inspector from Scotland Yard who's been tracking him for years, you know. And he comes across the Punisher and he's having a chat with um, another bunch of 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 lads in the old crime catching business um, <laughs> also known the as the police, police. Yeah, the police <laughs> is the word we use for that <laughs> I'm in the crime catching business not even not even criminal catching or crime stopping just catching crimes catching crimes with his mouth open like they're whizzing over his head but I remember they're having this conversation and everyone like goes silent when he explains the backstory. And he, like the backstory is like, you know, he, he grew up in Dublin. And then everyone goes, oh, Christ, growing up black in Dublin must have been hell. And I was reading this going, what the fuck do people think is going on in Dublin? <laughs> like, okay. there's racism in Dublin, but there's racism in every city. I don't think it gives you PTSD and turns you into a psychotic killer. Um, I wouldn't imagine so. Like, I just, yeah. I mean, we could check. We could ask some people. Sure. I just find that really, I just found that really interesting when I used to watch it. Anyway, anybody else there? Michael on the the, the list? Yeah, Ben, well, I mean, we could keep going, but we're we're about to touch an hour. I think we are, yeah. I think we're going to have to wrap it up. up. We'll have to come back to Irishman's Boss 4. Yeah. Um, Anyway, let us know down below um, if you think any 80s comics that, that... struck a chord with you that have Irish representation in them are you part of another country and you feel that your country is fairly underrepresented or poorly represented or very well represented um, in comics or in movies let us know um, down below if you fancy um, as always yeah, do that do that uh, happy hangover day from us here in the tiny room um, 
And also, Ben, hold on, we need to do a oh. little shout out thing. If you're listening to us on iTunes, which I know some of you are, because I, I know I know some names. I'm not going to say any names, but I might text these people after. But if you're listening on iTunes, give us an out review. They're good review for us. On iTunes does a lot for uh, does a lot for listenership, apparently. Yeah, so we'll we'll start getting reviews. Um, and yeah, um, if you are part of a Dublin comic book shop, um, don't bother giving us an L sponsorship deal. Oh, no deal. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only kidding. I just did that to piss Michael off. Um, nah, give us an L sponsorship, lads. Um, we 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 give you we we'll give you a mention. Okay, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, that's.